Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Fat Man Little Trail, the podcast, a podcast where everyone is invited on the trail. I am your host for this adventure, Greg the Fat Man. Um, thank you so much for everybody and all your support that you've given me uh, and all the likes and follows that we've gotten on, on the podcast. So make sure you continue to do that on whatever format you're on. I am on about 12 different podcasting formats. So wherever you're listening to this, make sure you like and share. And if you want to help support the podcast, there's a link in my bio. Even 99 cents a month would help a lot. I want to get right into my chewing the fat segment right now. Uh, I'm really excited about this. These are two people that we've, we've become Instagram friends, like everybody in the world. Um, (laughs) But Erica and John are joining me today and they are the founders of the new company Adventure On. And they're based out of Salt Lake City and they're joining me today on Zoom. How are you doing guys? Yay! Doing awesome. So excited to be here. This is fun. Hell yeah. I am excited to have you on. So tell me a little bit and tell the listeners a little bit about uh, yourselves, how you met, how long you guys have been uh, outdooring together and and all that good stuff. We so met, we met five years. Five years yeah, we ago. just had five years, October 29th, when we first met. Um, we've been dating, we'll be five years in on June. I was like, Tess is like, <laughs> <laughs> no. You must I didn't mean to get days. anyone in trouble. Oh, uh, <laughs> June, in June. <laughs> yeah, so we met rock climbing. Uh, like you said, we live in Salt Lake, so we've got a lot of awesome climbing crags out here, and we just happened to be climbing next to each other and became really good friends. Yes, <laughs> we did. We started off as friends um, for probably about six months, yeah. and then she all of a sudden fell in love with that me, was it. and um, it's history since. Yeah. <laughs> So, and I would say like, we both were pretty outdoorsy before we met, but I think because who we are as people, like we just really complement each other in that way. And so our engagement or like our getting out into the outdoors has just become a whole new level of awesome since we started dating. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, We started backpacking. And- uh, yeah, I mean, we met rock climbing, we started backpacking. Um, our first, like, actual hangout, uh, we took a trip down to Moab. Yeah. And went rock climbing a couple different times, um, went camping. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's really cool because we both support each other's own outdoorsy adventures. Because, like, he mountain bikes a lot, and that's not really my jam. But and I like to backpack a lot and he'll come with me, but I've also gone by myself a lot as well. So it's really nice to have a partner that you can get outdoors with, but you don't have to be outdoors with them the whole time. And so that's kind of been a really big part of our relationship is just spending time outside and then sharing those experiences with each other, whether that's in the actual moment or telling the stories to each other after. I can see that a lot of people, you know, go to the outdoors to escape certain things in their lives. And if you have to, you know, go with a partner every time, it could get a little bit rough. So, yeah. um, I, John, I didn't mean to throw that was a, that was supposed to be the softball <laughs> question. I didn't mean to to throw a trick question <laughs> there on the first one of how long you've been together. So, that is, no, that's that is good. My it's, apology. No, I appreciate it, man. It keeps me on my toes. Yeah, <laughs> I got to keep my head on a swivel around here. <laughs> and what? So, so you talked about the some of the different things you do together. What what are you guys main outdoor activities right now right now it's the weird season it's that weird time of year where we in the winter we snowboard a lot Mm -hmm. but it's not quite there yet so right now we're like we're getting into a little bit more cold camping weather which we're not as familiar with like snowy camping weather so we're starting to do that but in the summer we do a lot of canyoneering a lot of rock climbing um he does a lot of mountain biking a ton of backpacking yeah, it's pretty cool. We like to try a lot of new things. And so this year, our big adventure or what we'd like to do a lot of the weekends is go canyoneering. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was our big focus this year. Um, last winter, we got into a little bit of ice climbing. Um, and like Erica said, this year, we're going to be snowboarding, more ice climbing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we like to try a lot of different things. And so we always joke that you know, we're really mediocre at a lot of things. We're not like super awesome at one thing because there's just so much to try. We don't really say no either. People are like, hey, do you want to try this? I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll give it a go once. And yeah, I mean, that's how you find out if you like 
And Absolutely. Yeah. Until you've tried it, you have no idea. I, I will tell you this, uh, talking about canyoneering, I thought that I could do canyons until I went out into Utah. I went down to the, the Moab area mm-hmm. and, and got into some of those canyons, which are about six inches wide. And <laughs> I mean, I'm a big boy. I did not enjoy the, the canyoneering experience. So I don't think that's something that I'm going to continue on, but yeah, it's definitely not, it's definitely not for everyone, but it is fun to like challenge ourselves in new and different ways. Yeah. Canyoneering is cool though, because there are like uh, just so many different types of canyons. Like the one you're mentioning, there's really narrow, like, but there's some canyons that are just full of repels or maybe water or down climbing or just different things like that. So it's like the variety you get from canyoneering is all over the place. Mm -hmm. I think the Grand Canyon is a good width for me. I, I, <laughs> could, I, could, I could handle that one. Uh, but those slot canyons, I was not prepared for. Um, but you guys kind of went through a little bit of stuff before you got together and before you started really getting outdoors, didn't you? I mean, Erica, we were talking about that a little bit on on Instagram. Um, you guys both got sober in the outdoors, didn't you? Yeah. So that's actually what got us both rock climbing, right? Like, yeah, I started rock climbing um, as soon as I got sober from alcohol. Like I needed something to, you know, not replace, but just distract me from alcohol. And um, I've always been interested in climbing. There's a few times where I've wanted to go out and try, but it's one of those things you obviously can't go by yourself or you need to know someone to get you into it and, and whatnot. And uh, but yeah, that was a big thing for me when I first got sober, uh, eight years ago was, was rock climbing. Yeah. And I am very similar. I think for me, my addiction was more to like wanting to be connected to people. And I chose some really toxic paths and ways to do that and to connect with people that led me into my addiction. And when I found the outdoors and when I started climbing and hiking and I mean, this is why I love backpacking and through hiking so much is like, there's a community, there's a network of people that are just so kind and supportive and loving. And I think that it was really refreshing for me to find that. And I didn't have to be anything else, but me in those situations. So that's what really helped me in those early few years. And then it's just become our lives now. Like, I think even when people ask if we want to go out and, and, you know, even go out late, like we were joking before we started, like we want to go to bed. It's because we want to get up early and we want to see that sunrise and we want to go out and climb. And I'd rather spend my days seeing all these beautiful landscapes that mother earth has to offer than drinking all night at the club or being high or whatever. So we kind of just created a life that that didn't really align with anymore. And it became a lot easier when we did that. When we were like, no, we want to get up early and we want to catch the sunrise and we want to backpack for three weeks. Mm-hmm. We want to go climb this new crazy climb. And if we stay up all night drinking, it's just not going to work for us. Yeah, and, and like Erica mentioned, the community you find within adventure and whatever your adventure is, rock climbing, hiking, mountain biking, whatever, um, everyone there is just super welcoming and they bring you in and you immediately have something in common. And that's a huge component of it mm-hmm. is just being able to meet new people and find things that, that you have in common and um, just get out. Yeah. And I mean, I know that's not the experience of everyone in the outdoors, but I think like if you find the right people, because I've had some negative experiences, but it's all about like finding your your group, your people. Like when we backpacked this summer, we were with the same people for like three weeks and they're like family now because you go through all these experiences. I mean, like when you're outdoors, it's not easy. You've talked about this on the podcast before, Greg, like it's, there are so many challenges that the outdoors and getting out on a hike can present to you. And it's really about how you adapt to those things. And when you go through that experience with another person, it's just, it's really bonding. It's really cool. Well, it's, it's nice that within the community that people are so willing to help. Yeah. Because like when I first started rock climbing, I didn't know what I was doing, you know, and I had friends that would take me with them. They'd share their gear. They'd, you know, show me the ropes. And 
um, I learned a lot from them. And it's the same thing within the backpacking community. Oh, yeah. You know, you when you're on trail and you're talking to these people and you're sharing different tips and different things that you've learned mm-hmm. on the trail and different experiences that they had. And, you know, you talk a lot about food and what they're <laughs> eating and, uh, you know, do they make their own food? What what did they learn last time they, they were on trail? So it's really cool to be able to have that community where you're just trying to build each other up. Yeah. Well, and that's something, you know, what you were talking about, Erica, having to change your mind. And instead of wanting to go drinking all night, you want to start, you know, getting up early so you can do, do a sunrise hike or something like that, that I can connect with. Because when I started hiking and starting my journey, I was in some of the worst, you know, places I'd been from a mental health. I was, you know, probably drinking too much and, and, and not taking care of myself at all. And I was like, I'm going to start hiking because I think it's going to really help me lose weight and get in shape. And, you know, then I'll be, I'll be sexy. And when I go out to the clubs and drink all night, then, you know, it'll be good. But what I learned was that the, the mental health benefits of being in the outdoors and, and challenging yourself or myself were so important to me then it like, it it took the, do you want to go out drinking tonight question off the table? Because all I wanted to do was get out on the trail the next morning and go 10 steps further than I went yesterday or see, you know, this rock or see that waterfall or, or get to the top of this peak or, or whatever it was, but it just completely changed my mindset into a way of, you know, at first I didn't think about it. I wasn't trying to make myself better. I was trying physically, I thought I'd make myself better, but the, what it did to my mental health and how it improved that was such a big step for me. And and just something that, you know, I can see, you know, exactly what you were talking about is like sunrises become more important than, you know, 3am does, you know, staying Mm -hmm. out until 3am drinking. And that, that's what surprised me the most about this whole journey that I've been on is that how important um, the outdoors is to just changing that mindset and changing that mental health. And, and obviously you guys have been through that same process. So um, good on you. I'll say that for, for sure. Yeah. Um, and as far as community goes, absolutely. 100%. Like we've, we met each other in a Instagram group text kind of situation mm-hmm. and, and we didn't even know we knew each other until we met each other again through another you know, Instagram, so like messaging. And, and I'm like, wait, aren't you the people from this? And, and, you know, it's just, but the community is so open and the outdoor community, like we all want to help each other. We all want to be better. And we all want to, you know, if somebody's asking a question, we're going to give them the best answer that we can. And, you know, if somebody needs food, we're going to give them our last cliff bar because that's what we do in this community. And it's just such a, a, a wonderful experience that, that I've been through. So, um, yeah, I, I don't have a partner to go through it with me, but we're working on that too for the, for the next <laughs> podcast, maybe. Um, but I do want to, you kept talking about uh, the, the through hiking and that's something that I don't do. I do day hikes. I like my bed. Um, I like, <laughs> I like warmth and, and all that, but I want to talk to you guys a little bit more about that because that is something that fascinates me and it's something that I want to start doing but I just don't know anything about it. And it's a perfect segue of you guys talking about always trying to help each other. So Help me with through hiking. You guys did recently did the John Muir trail, right? Correct. Yeah. First of all, yeah. For those of us who have never been to California, tell me what that is. So the John Muir trail, it, um, the true trail goes from the summit of Mount Whitney, the tallest peak in the lower 48 down into happy Isles in Yosemite Valley. Um, it's about, I think the actual trail length is 211 miles or something like that. But right. when you add in all of the, the detours that we took and the side trails we had to do to get more food, it ended up being about like a 260 like miles, 250, 260 miles, like miles traveled. So you finished it. Yeah. Oh yeah. We finished it. Yeah. It, we, we did it in, uh, just 20 days, 19, 20 days. Yeah, 19. Mm-hmm. I think we finished a day earlier. Our permit was for 20 days. Mm-hmm. That is incredible. It was so, the coolest thing ever. <laughs> yeah. So what was that feeling when you finished that? Just, oh, I man. cried a lot. <laughs> There's just so many emotions because, you know, you've been out there for, for 20 days. You're hungry. You're tired. Um, especially the last day because we did a, a sunrise hike to Mount Whitney. And then we hiked down Whitney Portal. Um, but, yeah, I felt... 
I was excited, tired, hungry. Yeah. Yeah. I would say all of those things. I think I had a really difficult time with it. Um, ending because I mean, like I've said before, like being outside in nature is one of the only times where I struggle a lot with my anxiety um, and depression. I have a really hard time with my mental health and getting outside in nature has helped me so much, but I didn't feel anxiety for like the vast majority of three weeks, which was astounding. Like I've never had that experience in my life. And so I remember like the last few days, so we did it southbound. You can do both directions. We did mm-hmm. from Yosemite Valley up to Mount Whitney. So we ended on Mount Whitney and about Oh, two, three days before we hit that Mount Whitney summit, I, I just cried a lot. I was like, I don't want it to end. Like, I want to stay like this forever. And I think that's something that a lot of backpackers and through hikers and people go outside in nature experience. And it's that for me, it was bittersweet and it's been really empowering since we've been back to kind of integrate all of those things that I fell in love with through hiking in my life now. So like, all the simplicity of it. Like all you have to do is wake up and walk. You're already outside. Like, yeah, you have to pack your tent away and all that kind of stuff, but you just walk. If you got to pee, go pee. If you got to stop and eat a snack, just stop and eat a snack. If you want to look at this marmot wandering around, like stop and look at the marmot. Yeah. We had a plan and we needed to hit a certain number of miles every day to be within the, the confines of our permit. But there's a lot of freedom of just carrying everything on your back and walking forever, (laughs) you know? So it was really hard coming back for me. I definitely had post hike depression. I sat on the couch and like, just did nothing. It was like, life is miserable before I figured out how to, how to integrate all the things that I learned on trail. Um, but yeah, it was, it was powerful. It was awesome. Whitney kicked my butt. That is no joke. Um, I think it was probably a combination of the elevation and the fact that we woke up at one 30 in the morning to get up on top for sunrise, but yeah, he had, he left me and, and hiked ahead so he could get up there and take some pictures of the sunrise and stuff. But, and I just like waddled my way and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. So I stopped and I waited and kind of felt it out. I felt like I was going to throw up <laughs> and I waited it out, but we made it to the, the top and we stayed up there a little bit longer than everybody else. So we got to be up there kind of by ourselves, which was nice. Yeah, being on the top, man, that that view was incredible, especially to have the sun coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, while we were out there, there, there was a lot of fires. We had the Delta fire smoke. Doug Dixie. Dixie, excuse me, Dixie fire smoke coming in. Um, and then there was another fire. Coward. But um, that sun, so like Erica said, I raced up in front to try to make it for the sunset. And I got up there as soon as the sun just peaked over the horizon Mm -hmm. and the amount of colors that I saw just across the landscape and you're on the highest peak. Mm -hmm. So everything, you just see everything. You see the whole uh, Sierra just. You see like, well, you couldn't really see where it came from, but you have the idea of like. You could see pretty far though. You could see forestry. You could see it was, it was a long ways. Um, and just peak after peak, after peak, after peak. I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, it's pretty rad. And we've done like, we did Albert, um, a couple years ago and and that was really cool because you're up above Mm -hmm. everything too, but there was just, this was just a whole nother world of awesome. It was, yeah, it was pretty rad. What an amazing way to end it with Mm -hmm. the sunrise on the top of Mount Whitney, you know, it's like, it's one thing to get up there at two o'clock in the afternoon, but to be up there for the sunrise. And it's like, you know, the sun is, is rising over your next adventure. You know, this one's, this one hasn't gone to bed yet. You you know, it's still going to keep going with that sunrise. That's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. It made made the whole thing worth it though. Like I know we got up at one 30 and left from guitar Lake. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, yeah, we got there at 6am and yeah. But then we had to hike the whole way down. And I I don't think I've ever felt like I was going to die <laughs> so Anyone much. Anyone <laughs> listening that has done Whitney Portal they, knows you know. what we're talking about. But as soon as we got the summit and we're done with that, it was another 10, 11 miles. Nine. It, was, it was a lot of miles. It was like 10 because we ended up with 17 miles total for the day. Yeah. We did six up and then 11 down. And... It was brutal. And, and you know, we're steep. on two and a half hours of sleep, three hours of sleep. It's right. 6,000 feet of elevation loss. 
Mm-hmm. And it's just rocky straight down, like brutal, brutal on your feet. Your ankles are crying by the end of it. And then you get down to the bottom of Whitney portal and there's a little tiny burger shack and they have veggie burgers. If anyone listening is a vegetarian and we just gorged ourselves, we got so much food because we have been eating backpacking food and you're, you right. are a huge calorie deficit. Well, honestly, that's the only reason we kept going because we <laughs> thought about, motivation. we thought about stopping with like four miles left and setting up camp because we had another day and, um, and then we just kept talking about cheeseburgers and fries and cold drinks and all this <laughs> stuff. We're like, Oh no, we can do this. We can do this. Food is a, a motivator for <laughs> me. A great 100%. motivator. Yeah. yeah. Literally. I I, he made fun of me the whole trail because I would say, I would say I'm hungry all the time. So I, I wish, heard it so much. Erica. I wish I had a video every time. <laughs> like I would make this collage. It was insane. It was so funny. But you are hungry a lot of times. So that's one thing like backpacking, I think you get away with like, if you do like a little weekend adventure, that calorie deficit doesn't hit you as strongly as it does when you've been out there for multiple weeks. And I mean, you hear about like big long trail, like PCT, AT hikers talk about this, but it really does start to hit you after a couple weeks and nothing will satiate that. You just are hungry all the time, but you're surrounded by beautiful things. So I guess it's a good, it's a fair trade. I mean, I'm, hung- I'm hungry on a six mile out and back. <laughs> Like I trust me, I know what you're going through in a little, little way. Yeah, um, I mean, for the hike, we were out there, like I said, 19, 20 days, and we were averaging 13, 14 miles a day. Uh, so we're burning at least 4,500 calories a day, but we can only consume 2,500. Yeah, that was so, that's probably the hardest part of through hiking is getting your calories in. Yeah. So so take me to, okay that's the end of the 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 process take me to the beginning of the process <laughs> first of all whose idea was this oh mine yeah. Alter. okay Alter. he said no originally i, I was smart like man. i'm doing the jmt and like the process of applying for the jmt like if you apply for the jmt you probably know this but like you get denied a lot i can't count the amount of emails that i got from the wilderness people that were like, you did not get the permit. You did not get the per- every day. And so I just kept applying and kept applying. And then it just happened. Real quick, in my defense, <laughs> when she approached me, she said, we need at least 20, maybe 24 days. I was like, how do I take off a whole month for work? Like, that's, that's insane. Who does that's that? That's a big I, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, one week is a big deal, let alone a whole month. So I was a little hesitant. He's the logical one. He's the logical one in the relationship. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. We're just going to do it. I'm just going to make it work and I'll quit my job. I ask questions. Oh, that's a great idea. How are we going to do that? It doesn't matter. We're going to do it. Yeah. Okay. So it was my idea. And uh, yeah, we started at what we, we also got up really, really early to start the trail. We got up at 2 AM and cause we stayed in Levining, which is on the East side of the Sierra outside of, Yosemite because they wanted to be able to shower and to sleep in a bed one last night. So we decided that was worth more than camping at the trailhead, which you can do if you have the permit. Mm. So we got up at like two, we drove all the way down into Yosemite Valley and then we hiked so much. So we got half dome permits, which was really rad. Yeah. So we got got what they call the golden ticket. So you start in the Valley because there's different entry points Mm -hmm. within John Muir trail. Uh, We got the happy ticket. You start in the Valley. Uh, we also got Half Dome, um, and then we got to exit out of Whitney Portal. So, so that's like the best permit you can get. Yeah. So we met a lot of people on the trail that didn't start in, you know, Happy Isle, didn't uh, get a, Whitney Portal, didn't get to do Half Dome. We got to do. We got all really of them. lucky. Where so I was is, like super grateful for it. Is it broken down into sections where you might get a permit to go from point A to point B, but then you have yeah. to get off the trail? Okay. Yeah. So a lot of people that we met on trail started at different points within Yosemite because the hike starts in Yosemite, whether you're down in the Valley or up on top in Tuolumne Meadows or, um, other people started kind of in like the Ansel Adams wilderness area. Some people hiked in, in Kings Canyon because you go through three national parks. So there's a lot of different ways to do the trail. And then your exit points, if you're going southbound are either Whitney portal or Cottonwood Lakes, Cottonwood Lakes, which is another like forever miles and a lot, a lot further, forever miles. miles. That is, yeah, it's very accurate. Yep, sound like all trails right now. (laughs) 
So yeah, we got really, really lucky with our permit and it was an absolutely magical experience. It was so hard. Day three, kick, we were. But the, the first day we started early and anyone that's been to Yosemite, uh, what's the trip? Mist, Mist Trail. Trail. Mm-hmm. You go up Mist Trail and you go to um, Little yeah. Yosemite Valley is the campground. That's the campground, yeah. Right. So that initial climb is 3,000, I believe. Feet. And it's just stairs. 3,000. Yeah, you're just stairs. And then from there, we dropped our stuff and went to Half Dome. Which is all of the stairs that you can ever think of. Which is another, I think, six miles round trip. Yeah. The first section is five, then six miles to Half Dome. And that's another 4,000 foot elevation gain. And then you come back down and you have to sleep in Little Yosemite Valley. Uh, but that first day was a, sh- a shock because we we have our packs full right we have yeah. all of our food we have everything that we need um, and, and we, we s- don't have our hiking legs yeah we're just fresh yeah I mean we've done backpacking trip backpacking trips before this to kind of prep us but not anything crazy well that's and my I- next that's my next question is is what was the longest trip you'd taken before this 211 mile four million feet of elevation gain? hike that you just decided to do because you wanted to four million feet of elevation <laughs> you're speaking my language uh, yeah, <laughs> um, <that sounds right. laughs> i had done so last year i turned 30 last year during the pandemic and i was struggling with some of my mental health stuff and so i was like what can i do because i i tend to get into this place where i just want to run and i want to run away from everything and so instead of running i kind of like gave myself a week and i decided to hike the you went to highline trail which is in Utah. And it's a hundred mile trail that goes through the Uinta mountains, which is a little bit of our mountain range here in um, just like a couple hours east of Salt Lake. Yeah. And um, so I decided to do that by myself last year. I got cut short by fires, but that was still the longest trip that I'd ever done. And that was hard. By yourself, backpacking is no joke. it was a lot of, a lot of crying, a lot of having to figure out how to motivate myself. And I mm-hmm. think that really is why I fell in love with through hiking. I, I met some amazing people that I, you know, that I still talk to. One of the people that I met was our trail angel, which means she brought us our food instead of us having to ship it out to post offices. She met us at trailheads and brought us food on the JMT. And then the other one came and stayed with us before he just finished the Pacific crest trail this year. And so like, I made in five days that I was out there backpacking, I did like 70 miles and I made friends that I'm still friends with to this day. So I think that's why I fell in love. And that was my longest experience. I think yours was like three or four days. Mine was, yeah, five days, I think was my longest. And and I've done a few, like, I mean, I've done a lot of backpacking, but just shorter weekend trips, Mm -hmm. different things like that. But so yeah. that's a, that's a stretch to go yeah. from, you know, 70 yeah. miles, five days, you know, type of thing to 21 days and 211 miles or what, you know, what you finished mm-hmm. at, like, I, I can't make that leap in my mind, but so how, how, how do you feel like you were prepared going into it? Yeah. I don't know. I was just, I was just along for the ride. I was like, I don't care if I'm not prepared. I'm going to make it work. I think yeah, I think we were prepared and I think we understood how challenging it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And our expectation was this is going to be hard, uh, everything about it. Um, so I think that part physically, we knew that eventually we would just be ready because, you know, after a few days, after 40 miles, you're physically just going to get there. Like yeah. you're going to kind of push yourself to that, that point. Yeah. Um, He mentioned earlier, like our hiker legs, you really do. Like when you're doing something and then you may have noticed this on your hikes, like when you start getting out and hiking, it's like really freaking hard and mm -hmm. doing something like a two mile hike can be like, you're out of breath and you don't know, like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. And then you go back a year later after you've been hiking and you go hike that same hike and you're like, oh, this isn't that hard anymore. And that's kind of like condensed down into three weeks where you're hiking 15 miles every day, your body just catches up. And what took us 12 hours in the beginning to do 15 miles, I don't know, I'm exaggerating, but uh, I don't know. I can't keep up with your numbers, <laughs> but it know. took like, it took real. significantly <laughs> less once we got our hiking legs. And so your body definitely adapts. I think we 
I also do a lot of research. I read a lot. I followed a lot of people on Instagram and social media, watched a lot of documentaries about it or like um, YouTube videos to kind of get an idea of what are the things that I need to know? What should I expect? How do I need to go into this and be the most prepared? And like, yeah, that plan went out the window because I had all of our campsites planned out. We ended up catching up and ending early, but we got really behind in the beginning. And so that was a really valuable lesson to me that I was like, okay, instead of just being attached to this plan, like kind of going with the flow more. And so I think that was, that was a big thing for me is I was really prepared almost to the point of being over-prepared and being able to let that go was, was like essential for us being successful. But, but it's not like a, you know, like they talk about people who run marathons and I don't understand these people because they're crazy, (laughs) but you know, you, you have, you have a level where you go, you work your way up, you do two miles, four miles, eight miles, you know, whatever it is to get yourself prepared for it, to do a 211 mile hike. That's not something that you're, you were considering. Like you weren't like, oh, well, we need to do a hundred miles next 150. And then we can do the 211. You just jumping off from doing, you know, a month long hike or a five day hike. You think that's, yeah, I, I definitely recommend that people yeah. build up to it for sure. I'm not saying like the way we did it is the way to do it and you should do it that way. Um, We're definitely extreme but, people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we did enough. We have enough experience backpacking, nothing like that uh, length, but we had a good understanding of what we're capable of because we do a lot, mm-hmm. you know, outside of just through hiking and everything else that we, we do. But yeah, I definitely think... <laughs> um maybe spend a little bit more time getting ready for it um but erica says she did a lot of research she um you know i did zero research she was she was my researcher (laughs) she had it she had it she would just tell me you know we'd lay in bed and she'd tell me the updates and different things like that i'd be like okay cool yeah um but man i think that's like one of the biggest questions that i've gotten from people as we've shared our journey through hiking is how do I get started? I'm so interested in backpacking. Where do I begin? And I mean, I usually typically say like, start with low mileage, low elevation, right in your gear. Don't go just buy a bunch of stuff because you may buy something that you don't actually like. Mm -hmm. Um, Test things out and dip your toe in the water. And you don't need to have like, granted, like we've spent a lot of money over the years moving towards more ultra light gear, which makes it more enjoyable for us to backpack for long times, but that's not true for everyone. Like it's not necessarily very accessible. It's incredibly expensive to get into. Mm -hmm. Um, so like used gear and old like rental places when they sell off their old gear, things like that are where I, I kind of steer most people that want to start backpacking to. Um, and even just like putting a little bit of extra weight in your day pack, getting comfortable with that and see what that feels like to you. Could you put 30 pounds on your back and get up the mountain or how can you adjust? Because you may be able to do like a 13 mile hike with minimal elevation gain and, you know, just your snacks and water on your back. But when you're doing a 13 mile hike with minimal elevation gain and you have 30 pounds on your back, it's a whole different story. I always put 15 pounds of chicken wings in my back because <laughs> I figure that is the best way to get through a hike is knowing that the chicken wings are back there. And I need to come to Colorado and hike. <laughs> I'm you just need to have to hike with a fat man. That's the key. <laughs> I've so, been doing this wrong the whole time. <laughs> it's about the it's about the snacks, not the not the hike. Um, so, kind of the last question on the preparedness side is more on the the end of it though. Were you would you say it was more of a mental challenge or a physical challenge to do that hike? Mental. Oh, for sure. Mental. It's all mental because there are days when you like, do not want to hike any, we hit a wall about two weeks in, I think it was. And we're like, hunger hit so hard. And your body is like telling you, you don't want to anymore, but you really can. I would say we hit a wall multiple times. Like, I I mean, when we, when we first started going, you know, three days in, we were sore, we were tired, you know, um it was hard we were climbing out of the valley and i feel like we had a where did we stop to get tuolumne tuolumne and we stopped at tuolumne they had a little store there we were able to buy some food and stuff and kind of re-energize we bought the best plum we've ever eaten in our lives I've, yeah we were so excited <laughs> it was probably just plum. a normal plum but we were so excited about um it. <laughs> but yeah i'd say you know 
that there was a little wall for me anyways. And being able to like have some food and like kind of reset and then go again. And day four was hard. And then, you know, we were out there for me like a week. And then I feel like I hit another wall because I'm like, okay, one week down, this is great. Then it just, I just realized, okay, I have two more weeks now. Like that was hard and two more weeks of this and same food and all this stuff. And so I think throughout, you know, you, you, you hit a wall and then you feel really good and you get moving and you, you know, you're accomplishing a lot. You get a lot of miles under your belt and then you kind of get tired again. Mm -hmm. At least that's, that was my experience. So I feel like mentally it was way more difficult because my legs, I got my legs after day five, I could hike 13 miles pretty quick, not feeling super tired, not sore, just hungry. Um, that was, that was hard. Yeah. I think, I think for me, I loved being out there and I was totally fine. Like the one week I was like, Whoa, we have two weeks. Wow. That's a long time. Okay. We're going to do it. Um, I struggled more when, I mean, there was a physical component to it. So I'm very easy to please. If I have beautiful views, like the, you know, jutted mountain peaks and all these high Alpine lakes, like I love it. I'll hike for days for those views, but there were several really steep switchback climbs where you're just in trees and it's hot and I do not do well in the heat. And it wasn't that I wasn't capable of it. My body was physically capable of doing this, but my mind would come and be like, oh my gosh, it's so hot. We're going to die. This is miserable. I hate this. There's nothing to look at. And so I just had to really focus. And I actually, I, I mentioned to you how I, how I heard about you or found you didn't know that I already knew you, Greg, <laughs> um, was I downloaded a bunch of podcast episodes. And I, when I felt that, that mental block coming in, I just listened to like inspirational stories of other people doing hard things. And was like, yeah, there's people and they can do this and I can do this too. And just kept putting one foot in front of the other. So that was for me, what really helped me get through that big, that mental block of, I don't know. So what I'm hearing is that I was with you on that because you downloaded my podcast. So technically I have finished the John Muir trip. Yes, you have. Get a sticker right now, put it on your analogy and you've done it. I love this. (laughs) um so okay again i'm a complete rookie when it comes to to through hiking i'm a day hiker what in the world do you pack for that first day that first morning you show up to to the jmt what's in your pack oh a lot no not a lot no 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 i mean we say a lot because you have to keep the weight you have to keep the weight down at some point right so you have to keep the weight down but you also have to bring everything you need so so where i'm curious of where you guys made those decisions We actually, I brought more than what I needed, but I wanted to be prepared. And then I ended up shedding some of those things and and giving some of those things to my friend that I mentioned that trail angels for us. And she held them for us until we got off the trail because there were no mosquitoes. We bought a bunch of mosquito stuff and there were no mosquitoes, which was wild. Um, But, you know, you stick to your big four, which are going to be the heaviest items aside from food and water, um, your backpack. So we both use Osprey packs. We love them. We haven't shifted to that ultralight frameless pack yet, but I don't know if my back can handle it. Yeah. I don't know if I'm a big fan of that yet. I guess I'd have to try it. Um, um, but yeah, like Erica said before, we invested in some gear that was lightweight mm-hmm. and you know, the Nemo. Yeah. Tent. We got a new tent this year mm-hmm. that was light and we split because we're hiking together. We are lucky enough to be able to split that weight. So I would take the poles and the, the tent stakes and the footprint and mm-hmm. he would take the actual tent in the rain fly. And that was pretty evenly split weight wise for us. Mm-hmm. And then we each had our own sleeping bags. Right. Um, and then what Which else? I can't remember what the, what the base weight, what we had for the big four, what our total weight was. I think, I don't know. We, we have it written down. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but then outside of that, we had, you know, our food supply, which we had to carry a bear vault. We had to put the food in a bear vault Okay. Um, which is like this big plastic bulky canister. I don't know if you haven't yeah. seen one, yeah. they're not like easy to pack or hike with. They're kind of a pain in the butt. Oh, they're a huge pain because <laughs> you know, our, we packed food in sections, right? Mm-hmm. So our first section was five days, five uh, different days. So 15 meals, roughly. I don't know. Yeah. Math. Something like that. 
Um, and then we had another five-day supply, and then we had a seven-day supply, and then we ended with a four-day supply. Um, and you're putting it in the same canister, so yeah. space is all sorts of weird when mm. you're doing that. And the hardest was the seven-day supply. That was full to the brim, because you have all your food, your meals, you have your snacks, your uh, energy bars, your uh, yeah, hydration packets. Yeah, anything that has a scent you have to put in there because of you know so you're like shoving it down and making like it's like a it's like tetris really it is Mm -hmm. and you have to make it work somehow so we had that we had our cook setups yeah we We had had uh, rain gear rain gear solar power you know i had panels that i set on my uh pack while i'd hike or Mm -hmm. at camp so we could charge our garmin inreach um bones i had my luxury item (laughs) uh was my camera setup Okay. So I had my Nikon seven plus a lens plus my tripod. You had seven pounds of camera gear. It seven was about pounds. seven pounds. My total pack weight on the heaviest was 41, 42 pounds. Okay. But if you take the camera stuff out of it, my pack weight was 34, 34. which is yeah. really good. Um, Erica's was like 30. It felt like five. Yeah. Uh, but like, I mean, <laughs> some other essentials for backpacking like we had a little first aid kit where we had duct tape which mm-hmm. was a game changer uh moleskin not my favorite i got some blister well towards the end of the trail i got blisters duct tape good to go um if there was camping a, yeah. yeah if you have a rip in like your sleeping pad or any of your tents or camping gear or your backpack or anything on the trail like duct tape it's so simple and we just had this like little mini roll that we take with us um band-aids first aid stuff all that good stuff yeah. and then Okay. Oh yeah. We did bring out camp shoes, which was really nice, but the, we started using a bidet Mm -hmm. for hiking and it is literally stop what you're doing right now. Press pause on the podcast, go get a bidet and then come back and listen to how awesome it is. Just trust us before you even, before we even tell you it was like, because you're not, we didn't shower for like two weeks. And so it was so nice to have something (laughs) like that was like a treat. And so we didn't have to carry any toilet paper. And that was like, that was a huge problem on the trail. There were so many that we saw. So so how does a trail bidet work? I have not uh, experienced this yet. I'm I'm glad you asked, Greg. (laughs) You get this little piece that attaches to like a water bottle we had one here we'd show you it's like this big it's 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 small it's probably an inch tall and it pushes into the top end of the water bottle like Uh a smart water bottle yeah and it still has a little um little rubber uh, what's it called i don't know anyways it seals to that you fill up the water bottle right before you put it on and then it's got two holes on the actual bidet or one hole sorry and you just squeeze it and it shoots water out. And after you do your business, you just squeeze the water bottle and and this is voila. A, and this and is everything is clean. There's a, clean. There are a lot of different types of bidets. We liked this one because it was so small and it wasn't like a whole system that we had to bring. Like you just popped mm-hmm. it on a smart water bottle, which we already had. And it was seriously <laughs> the best thing. Cause you didn't like, no one wants to pack out used toilet paper and like people that aren't packing it out and that are digging holes. Like we came across so many toilet paper roses on the mm-hmm. trail and it was just really sad to see that. Yeah. Um, I do want to make a suggestion though. Mm-hmm. If you do get up a day, <laughs> try it before you go out there. Yeah. I, I made the mistake of like, Oh, it's pretty simple mechanics. I'll be able to figure it out. But when you're out there and you're <laughs> exposed and you're just like very vulnerable to the elements, mm-hmm. it's, you know, there's a, there's a technique you need to learn. Um, I'm not going to go into the details. But just know <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> and you, you, I mean, you got to calculate wind speed, and you know, yeah, exactly. What side of the mountain you're on? What yeah. slope you're at? Are you on a hill? Like, what's going on here? Like, <laughs> have a game plan. Well, give a plug. To, do you do you remember the brand name of the one you used? Yes, Kulo Clean. C U L O Clean, and they it's like such a great little little tiny thing that changes the entire backpacking experience i will never hike without it yeah and, and on our social media we have a real uh, we did before we went out and it'll talk about the essential items we took on the mm-hmm. jmt um 
or I can't remember like what game it's called. Changers. Game Changers. Yeah. And that's listed on one of them. We had four of them, uh, but that, that one's, one's top on of our list. Yeah. So 200, it's tried and true. 211 miles, you know, a 41 pound pack, a 34 pound pack. And all it took was a little tiny little you know adapter to your water bottle to make everything worth it so yeah uh, we didn't use toilet paper for 20 yeah, that, days like I, it was that amazing i get that it sounds like that was the highlight of the jp <laughs> no 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 I, I totally big, understand no, you're right it is a big part of that for sure <laughs> yeah because if you're if you're uncomfortable i mean no matter what it is if you're uncomfortable it's just something else that gets added that's another layer that gets added on right. to to giving you an excuse to quit or you know to to oh, give you sure. To, to make you upset or to make you not want to go on. So if you have that thing that just gives you that little bit of comfort, you know, that's just the oh. best way to get through anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. percent. Well, I do want to talk before we uh, run out of time. I do want to talk about the company that you started. You guys are the founders of uh, adventure on tell me what that is and uh, what you're doing with it. You want to take this one? Yeah. So adventure on. So we started this back in earlier this year, and basically our mission with adventure on is to provide uh, exclusive experiences for individuals to explore the outdoors and to define their own adventure. So what that means for us is, you know, adventure can mean a lot of things, mm-hmm. right? For people, it can be hiking, rock climbing, mountain biking, um, and it, it's super broad. So we want to take our experience that we've had with a lot of different of the different adventures that we've done, and we want to share that with the community. We want to showcase different things that we've done. We want to be able to help uh, people get outside more and um, encourage people to get off the couch and say, you know, yes, that, yes, yeah. yeah. The outdoors is for everyone. Mm-hmm. It is not an exclusive thing. Like it is very inclusive. And we want everyone to experience that. Yeah, I think that's like our main focus is just providing those unique, inclusive, accessible opportunities for everyone. Because most people, when they see how we live and because we go a lot of places and we try to make adventure, you know, the focus of our life, like, oh, I can't afford that. I could never do that. I don't know where to start with that. And we want to kind of take away that barrier. I mean, kind of really similar to what you've started to do with Fat Man Little Trail, like you're, you're focused on getting people in the outdoors and providing them with these tools and tips. Like I've loved listening to the podcast and like having different people on like for weather and like, what do we do to prepare for weather on the trail and stuff like that. Very similar. And our kind of main way of doing that are these giveaways that we've been doing. So, right. So through our social media channel, um, we try to do every other week, we do a giveaway, different gear that, you know, different items that we use. Um, but it's our way of giving back to the community. And uh, like Erica said, making it more accessible. Mm-hmm. You know, if we can tell you about, you know, a backpack that we're using is, or something that we really enjoy and, um, you know, make that available for someone to try or mm-hmm. to maybe get them excited about going hiking or whatever it may be um yeah I mean that's yeah to get like you don't need to go out and buy the all these things like we said before it's really expensive or it can be to get into the outdoors let us help you we know that this works we have personally used this gear and we Mm -hmm. we trust it so now we're going to give it back to you and we've actually met a lot of really cool people we've done giveaways like backpacks and climbing gear um, cook sets, things like that. And we met a lot of really cool people in the process and, mm-hmm. and seeing how it's inspired them to get outdoors more. Um, so that's been a super awesome part of it. Mm-hmm. And then the next level up are these like big adventure trip giveaways that right. we're doing. So we just did our first one. It was super fun. Yeah. We um, did the ultimate Moab adventure mm-hmm. where we took people down to Moab, did a bunch of cool adventures down there. Um, but we provided that as all-inclusive. So we took care of everything. We flew them out. We uh, partnered with some friends, uh, Glamping Canyonlands down there. So they went glamping for the first time, um, did a bunch of different things. But that's part of the inclusivity, right? So there's a lot of things out there that, you know, 
maybe you don't know about, or maybe it's just not accessible. Uh, one example I like to use is uh, rafting the Grand Canyon. So I don't know if anyone's ever looked up rafting the Grand Canyon, but it can be really pricey. Mm -hmm. So it ranges for one person um, for the six day to 13 day, it can be anywhere from $4,000 to $9,000. And that's just for one person. So if you and another person wanna go, you're in a lot of money. So we wanna do these higher end trips that give people the opportunity to have these experiences that maybe they, they wouldn't normally have. So that's the big, big mm -hmm. push for adventure on. Yeah. And I and mean, like, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I just absolutely love that because I, you know, I know the people I've run across and, and me myself two years ago, I wanted to do it, but I was like so intimidated of going out and hiking and going out and, and being mm -hmm. in the outdoors. And you think about it, you're like, the outdoors are free, but to really enjoy it, you, you do have to buy a backpack or, you know, I didn't even know they had hydration packs, you know, I'm like, Oh, so I have to have water bottles in a backpack and I have to, you know, and all, and do I need hiking poles? What, you know, what, and, and it starts to get intimidating and you'd be like, it's easier just to stay on the couch and watch TV. You know, I can, <laughs> I, can I can turn on national geographic and get it all. But once you get outside, you realize like everyone can do this. So I love the fact that you guys are trying to, to bring people out and to try to let them experience what you guys have been lucky enough um, to do over the, the last few years. So that, that's a wonderful, wonderful program. You mentioned um, the giveaways are through your social media channels and your um, I'm guessing that's where, where you can find most of the information. So mm -hmm. I want to make sure that before we get any further, you guys tell us what those social media channels are so that people can find you out there and, and join on with adventure on. Yeah. So we have Adventure on Us, which is our Instagram handle. Um, we also have our website, uh, adventureon.us, where you can get, um, you know, you can access the blog, gear tips, gear reviews. Um, a lot of those things are also on our social media. Um, and that's where we do a lot of the gear giveaways, specific giveaways is through our social media. So Adventure on Us and adventureon.us. Is the website. Yeah. And we have a lot of, like, we have our own merch or whatever you want to call it. So we have like different t-shirts and we try to be as sustainable as we can be in the process of making those. Um, and it's kind of fun to just like rock inspirational gear while you're out on a hike, like have a couple really fun leave no trace shirts and hats and beanies and all that kind of stuff. And just to continue to inspire people to get outside and it's been really cool to, to run into people and they see, you know, our shirt that we're wearing and then it starts that conversation and we just inspire each other. And these, it's just been really cool to connect with people as we've created this. And we have a lot of long-term goals like um, scholarships and retreats and mm -hmm. getting into more technical gear um, mm -hmm. for the outdoors. But right now we're just getting started. And so far it's been a blast. We've loved it. Yeah, super fun. That's great. My only goal is world domination. I'm I'm not there yet, but <laughs> I'm working on that as well. Um, <laughs> no, that sounds that, that sounds awesome. And if you you know need a guest reviewer or blogger or anything, you let me know. I'd love to join in and help oh, you guys right. out be awesome. in, in any ways that I can. Um, and if you ever start a podcast, I will be a guest on your podcast. Oh, we would love that. Yeah. I keep talking about starting a podcast. He's like, I don't know when that's, are we going to have time. I mean, that's <laughs> on the list. We have podcasts. We want to do a YouTube channel. There's just so much that we get really excited. Yeah. We just want to get that information out there and we want to help people and have them understand like this is for everyone. Mm -hmm. And to your point, you were saying before, like there is a little bit of fear of how to get started. Like mm -hmm. no matter what you're doing, mountain biking, hiking, rock climbing. I remember when I first started rock climbing, I was terrified. I didn't, I mean, I didn't, I'd, I'd go to a gym and I'd be like, I don't even know where to start. Like, how do you do this? And so I was lucky enough to have a mentor and have someone show me how to do things and whatnot. And mm -hmm. we want to create a space where, you know, if you have a question, you, you want to try something or, you know you saw one of our reels were rock climbing or something. You have a question about that. Like you can shoot us a DM happy to answer, happy to help you in any way we can. Yeah. I actually, social media can be really overwhelming, but I think that's one of my favorite parts. I mean, like that's how we pretty much connected and I've loved meeting all these really fun people and people always ask us for tips about different things. Like, Hey, have you used this gear? Do you like it? And it's just been, it's been really cool building a community. 
And that, that what you were talking about, John, with a mentor, that, that is so important. I had a mentor and on my blog, I mentioned, you know, my hiking mentor, Scott, all the time. He's a guy I used to work with and he's a Colorado born and bred guy. I grew up in, you know, outside of Chicago. So, you know, the outdoors wasn't born in me. Um, I'm more adopted as I say, but you know, I remember one day it was like my fifth hike ever in my life. And I, and I called Scott at seven o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. And I was like, and the, the blog title is actually to pee or not to pee. One yes. of the ones that I wrote. And I was like, Scott, is it okay to pee outside? What are the rules? I don't know the rules. Yeah. You know, Cause I wasn't like in a national park. I was in right. like an open space. And he's like, yep. And he's like, well, first he, he let it go to voicemail and he waited and waited because he knew I had to pee. <laughs> but you know, it's just like, but just even little questions like that, like, you know, do I carry water? Do I, you know, what do I do if I have to use the bathroom? Like, where do I park? You know, just easy things that like anything that we can do, you know, we're kind of on the same idea of just trying to make it easier for people to go out and experience things that, that we love. Cause we've had mentors, you, you know, John, you had a mentor, Erica, you, you met all those people and you've had mentors and, and I've had mentors and I want to be able to, to give back. And it sounds exactly what you guys are doing is trying yeah. to just give back to the community. Well, and I think you hit a really good point too, is a lot of people go out without a mentor and that's totally fine. You don't need one, but it's so helpful to have one. And so I think one of my big focuses has been like educating on leave no trace because like, yeah, totally pee on the trail, but don't pee near water sources and make sure that you're going somewhere and walking on sustainable grounds, things like that. Right. And like, people don't think about that. I didn't think about that when I first got outside. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's one of the big things is like, if I could give anyone a piece of advice. Like if you're interested in going outside and doing these things, get educated on leave no trace, start there. Cause that's going to yeah. give you your foundation on how to recreate responsibly um, and sustainably and to really see the outdoors stay as beautiful as it is when you first experience it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a really good point because I don't, I think people generally just don't have an idea and they go out there and, you know, whatever happens, mm-hmm. happens. And, and, you know, through our social media, we've actually had people reach out when we post something about leave no trace, you know, they'd be like, oh, I didn't know that that was a thing. Like, I didn't know you had to do that. I didn't know about the soil in the desert and that we're not supposed to hike on that. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's not that they don't care. It's just that no one has actually had that conversation with them and they don't know who to ask. Like, where do you go to find that information? Like you can call the, the ranger station. You can, you know, Google it, all that stuff. There's ways to find it. But I think the big point is just being educated and having, you know, someone to look to for that. Right. Well, and we saw a huge uptake of people outdoors during the last year, right? Like, and Leave No Trace did a study on it to see like kind of what we should expect moving forward. And they said this, this engagement in the outdoors, people getting outside is here to stay. So now our goal as advocates for the earth like i i take that like it's my role as an advocate for the earth as a fellow person in the outdoors is to share my knowledge and education and say hey i saw you drop that apple core on the ground did you know that utah's an arid climate and apple cores aren't naturally you know here in this environment they don't degrade even though they're biodegradable they will not degrade like how you think they're going to so you need to actually pack that out or, hey, don't step on that soil because that's cryptobiotic soil. Let me teach you something cool about the mm-hmm. earth that you're on. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of a huge part of when we share these adventures and we share these ideas and <clears throat> we're doing everything that we're doing with Adventure On, we're always, always continuing to have that little leave no trace part of it, right? Like, yes, go on, go on this awesome hike that maybe people don't know about. But also when you're there, check and see if there's anything that you need to watch out for on the leave no trace list. Like, do you need water? Do you need to get a map? Yes. To both of those always. Is there soil you need to look out for? Are you noticing trash on the trail? Are you packing it out kind of thing? So yeah. I agree with everything you just said. (laughs) If I don't, I was trying the whole time I was thinking about where does the bidet fit into leave no trace? I'm (laughs) I was up, I'm just stuck on the bidet at this point, but. Well, you're not leaving toilet paper. So you're leaving no trace of toilet paper. Yeah. And I mean, there is a proper way. We were not going to go. I I say it mostly in jest. I know you guys did it the right way. Um, So anything else you want to talk about uh, it, about adventure on before uh, we move on or anything else that you wanted to mention that I I forgot to ask you? Because I have the, the hard questions coming up. 
I'm excited Ooh. for the hard questions. I'm yeah. excited to hear what his answers are, actually. Oh, I'm nervous. <laughs> are you ready? Are you guys ready for the hard questions? We're so ready. Is this the rapid fire? Are this is the rap. This is okay. Almost first. Again, everybody check out Adventure on Us on Instagram and adventure on.us on uh, the internet and find all the information that you can from Erica and John. But, but now, Erica and John, it's time Money. for the buffet. I need good music here. Da, 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 da. <laughs> the here buffet. are the rapid fire questions. Are you ready for the buffet? Yes. And these aren't kind of geared to you, so this will be pretty easy. Question number one. Would you prefer to go camping, glamping, or stay in a hotel? Camping. Camping. I figured on that one since our <laughs> whole conversation was about camping. I already know what the question is. I know. Are. I feel like you cheated. Should I change them all? I'll change them all up. All number right. two. Road trip or fly to your destination? Road trip. Yeah, I think road trip. I was thinking about this one because we love to travel internationally. But when we go and travel internationally, then we road trip when we're there. So road Yeah, trip. when we were in Japan, we flew to Japan, but then road trip for 10 days in a van. So both. Yes. yes. Well, well, I feel, I feel <laughs> in that one, then, then road trip is definitely the answer because the flying was just the necessity. You have to do it sometimes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So, yes. so, but when you got there and you had your choice, you definitely went with the, the road trip. So mm-hmm. I'll give you that. Road trip. Uh, <laughs> number, number three, what is your go-to snack on a trail? Jerky. Yeah. Oh, I forgot mine. <laughs> no, Erica, peanut you've butter. heard these before. I know I'm panicking though. Cause I was like, I know what his answer is. No, I think I eat a lot of goldfish. But on when I'm <laughs> when I'm back the, the cracker or the fish? No, <laughs> no we, we carry a bag, like a jar full of it's weird. They're swimming around. No, whatever. Um She's but when I'm but when when I'm backpacking, peanut butter, anything peanut butter. Peanut butter on a tortilla, best thing in the world. Fair enough. Um, and you guys actually answered this one, so I can't even this is Usually when I would ask, what is the first thing that you eat or drink after a hike? But you told me after JMT, you went straight to the burgers. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to change it up a little bit. What was the food you thought about the most while you were on the JMT? Ooh. Steak. Oh yeah. That's obviously steak. He eats all the meat and I don't eat any. So it balances yeah. out. I think I thought about some desserts of some sort, probably ice cream or do you think I thought about ice cream? I don't remember. <laughs> no, <laughs> Tell you me just, my answer. You just thought about food. Any food would have sufficed. I think I missed peanut butter and chocolate. Well, I had peanut butter out there. I had chocolate. I would love. I love chocolate. I had a sweet tooth. I think cookies. If I were to guess, I would say like some kind of cookie, like baked good. Yeah, that would have been really okay. nice. Yeah, I remember I, I wrestled in high school, and you know we we cut weight back then because we weren't as educated, you know, as they are now mm-hmm. about nutrition and stuff. So we'd be sitting around like, oh, I haven't eaten in a day. I have to make weight tomorrow. As soon as I make weight, I'm going to put M and M's in a bowl, pour chocolate milk on it, and then eat it with like a chocolate straw, you know, and like you know, just you're imagining, you're dreaming up these amazing foods, but that's like, never can yes, you would I totally do that. Yes, that's your new, your new answer. Um, all right. Uh, would you rather be right now, uh, in a forest on a mountain or at the beach? Mountain. Mountain. Oh, I thought maybe you would say beach. Really? You're always fascinated by the ocean. Uh, ocean fascinates me, but I, I, I like the mountains. Yeah. Mountains. Yeah. Somebody cheated on me. I forgot who it was, but they said, well, I'd rather be at a mountain lake. And I was like, oh, fair enough. Ooh. Oh yeah. A high Alpine lake where I can be swimming and looking at the beautiful mountains at the same time. Yeah. I, I, I tried a high Alpine Lake. It wasn't even that high. It was like 10,000 feet uh, last week. And uh, it was like 90% frozen. I, yeah. it, I thought it was a hundred percent frozen, but I stepped through it uh, about up to my shin and learned oh, that the water was cold. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> I, you've done very well in the buffet. You have, you have nailed the buffet questions. Those are five. I feel like I need to start changing up the questions since Erica cheated. I hey that's not fair you can't be mad at me because I listened to your podcast actually but (laughs) as soon as he said buffet I stopped because I knew we were going to get the buffet so I turned it off oh okay that's a lie oh (laughs) y'all nailed it uh so I have one last segment which I usually call my hike of the week where I describe one of my favorite hikes that I've ever been on but since you guys have have uh, are my guests, you get to pick the hike this week. However, I'm putting a caveat on there. 
because we talked this entire time about JMT, it can't be JMT. So you have to pick a different hike for me and oh, yeah, tell me. Sure. I want you to go first. Why do you want me to go first? Because I'm curious. I don't want to pick the same hike as you. Go. Oh, you're going to change it? I might. Okay. Uh, my favorite hike outside of the JMT would be uh, Sao Conte. Oh, I was going to say that. Which is the trek um, to Machu Picchu. It was 50 miles. And we did it over five days. Yeah, so it's in Peru. Yeah, it's in Peru. So Machu Picchu. And uh, we had porters and stuff for that hike, which is a lot different. They, you know, they set up your tent. They set up your food. It was like glamping. Carry everything. Mm -hmm. And we have a backpack. And you're just walking. And then you get to the campsite. Sit down. You eat. Um, But we were doing big miles. And the elevation was insane. Sao Conte Peak, um, it's 20,000 feet. And we go through the pass, which we hit 15,500 feet. And before you get to that pass, you go through the seven snakes, I believe it's called, these switchbacks that are just gnarly. And for the whole time you're above 11,000 feet, you know, throughout the the excursion until you drop into the, the jungle. But yeah, that seven snakes just intense and you really like we felt it on um, Mount Whitney at mm-hmm. 14,500 mm-hmm. feet anything above 13,000 in my opinion is you're going to feel it your muscles are going to burn differently you're going to be short of breath you're going to move really slow and yeah 15,500 feet was no joke but that was one of the coolest hikes because we went from mountain to jungle and then we ended at the uh, Machu Picchu hiked up that and just beautiful it was amazing I've heard that's amazing. Yeah. Okay. So because John chose an international one and we've done some long backpacking trips, I'm going to choose something a little bit more. I have two, but I think I'm going to stay true to my Utah peeps and um, name one out here that we just recently did. And I really, really loved it. It's Amethyst Lake. I thought the whole trail was incredibly beautiful. So it's a fairly mellow hike, except for there's about a one mile section that's like steep as crap. It makes you want to die. Um, But if you can get through that one mile section, you hike up to this beautiful Alpine Lake and we got to swim there. We could take the dogs with us. Um, And it was just, you're passing waterfalls and rivers and the whole hike is beautiful. Um, It was about 13 miles round trip. So a pretty beefy hike for a day, but a lot of people backpack out there um, and makes for like a pretty decent beginner backpacking trail. There is that one steep section, but other than that, it's incredibly mellow, uh, really beautiful, really rewarding for the amount of effort that you put into it. It sounds like an excellent hike. Where in Utah is that? So that's out in the Uinta mountains, what I was telling you about earlier. Okay. Um, about It's about a two hour drive from Salt Lake. So not too terribly far. I think it took us like two and a half hours from our house. So yeah. I, I'm just going to have to add it to my list. That's the only reason I ask a question so I can get good hikes for me to do. Yeah. Then, <laughs> oh, there's plenty for you out here, man. Oh yeah. Utah's I, great. I do need to make it out into that area. I've been mm-hmm. to Southern, but not to the Northern Utah area. So yeah. Well, when you make it out here, let us know. I definitely will. Erica, John, thank you so much for being on the podcast this week. I really appreciate it. And you've taught me so much about, uh, through hiking, And basically the only thing I'll take from that is bring a bidet. But (laughs) when I do decide to go through hiking, I am definitely going to hit you guys up for advice on, on what to do and how to, how to get prepared for that. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. It was a blast. Yeah. Thanks for having us, Greg. That was fun. Absolutely. Guys, that is the, it for this week's episode of the podcast. I hope to see y'all on the trail again really soon. And until then happy hiking.